for my first time talking to y'all. And that's kind of a funny comment because I'm a Yankee born in New Jersey, but after 20 years down here in Texas, I've kind of adapted y'all as a safe way of saying use guys or a different way, a nicer way of saying it. And that's really the key that I'd like to start out all this opportunity to share some of the thoughts that have been rambling around in my head over the past couple decades is what is it that brings us all together? What is the magic of connection? What is the responsibility that we have to each other in connection? And I'm not looking to be a marriage counselor, although I'll bring up some interpersonal ideas and show admit to some of my failings in, in that regard. Uh, also, I will uh, like to talk about how and probably focus the most and particularly at the start on it's not about the other person. The other person is just another individual like me. And if I want the communication to work, if I want that connection to work, if I want that interaction to work, it's on me. It's the work that I do. In fact, uh, one of the subjects that we will touch on sometime in the future is teamwork. And I really am not crazy about the term teamwork. Uh, As one of my mentors told me, it's better stated as work done in teams. And that is that teamwork is not some huggy, feely, uh, fuzzy, we all hold hands and sing kumbaya. It's a group of individuals working individually in support of each other to achieve a common goal. Uh, You don't see the quarterback throwing too many blocks in the NFL. And you really don't see a lineman throwing too many passes. Because that isn't their contribution to the team. It isn't the best work that they can do, and they do it individually. But they do it in a way that maybe the timing's together, like in a a sports play, in a football play, or in a baseball inning. All right. Um, but it's about what the individual does and how the individual builds their skill set, focuses their energy, interacts with other people. And it's that interaction, that connection, that we're, we're going to do this together, we're going to do this in the, at the same time to look to achieve the same outcome. And from the teamwork part of the world, That same outcome is the difference between a super team and an average team, between a winning team and a below a non-winning team, a below 500 team. It's where there's a common goal that everyone uh, subjugates, and and I don't really mean that they put under, but they put the the team goal higher than their individual goals. However, they find their individual goals in the team goal of what they're looking to achieve. So how do we do this interaction thing? You know, I've said the goals. It's more than the goals. It's more of how do I interact? How do I talk about what I want to achieve versus what you want to achieve? How do I help you achieve what you look to achieve? And how do I make a decision? Which do I do now? When do I focus on my, go- my success 
When do I focus on your success? When do I focus on the team's success? Whoever that needs to be that's in the lead and running it. And I offer to you um, scriptural scripture, Christian scripture, and the second commandment that Jesus brought to us. Now remember that Moses came down, or was it Charlton Heston, came down from the mountain with the tablet of the Ten Commandments. And the reason there were ten is that they needed to be simple and specific because that's where the people were at the point in time, and they didn't have anything to reference it to. When Christ came, his life was the reference that we referred to. And he brought only two commandments. The first was love God with all your mind, body, and soul. And then the second was to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. And I think that's where all our problems lie. Because we base what we do to others on what we're doing to ourselves on the inside. And that the interaction with others, our treatment with others, is truly a reflection of who we are on the internal part of ourselves, of who we are on the inside, and what we think about ourselves. And one of the programs I uh, associate with, um, love the saying, if you spot it, you got it. What we see in other people the behaviors that annoy us the most. We do. It's from the scripture. Don't talk to your brother about the speck in your eye until you've taken the log out of your own eye. Take care of yourself first. So it's not, um, I'm not looking at it from a treat others as you wish to be treated. I'm going a little bit deeper. And it's not to the platinum rule, you know, that that treat others like you want to be treated is the golden rule. And I'm not going to go to the platinum rule, which is treat others as they want to be treated, although that's a nice concept. We can't treat anyone else any way that is different than how we treat ourselves. And I'm not sure if it's from Gandhi or Wayne Dyer, and it might have been both of them who said it in in different ways. You can't give what you don't possess on the inside. And frankly, I'm giving them credit for a thought that may be older than, than both of them put together. Because as someone shared with me, a wise man shared with me, that Jim Rohn stated, there's no, nothing new. It's just repackaged each time. Um, but we can't give what we don't possess ourselves. And in order to give something, we have to possess it ourselves. And that's what I'd like to be the theme of what we do here, of how do we work on ourselves with the goal of increasing our, the processes and the way that we interact with other individuals and the rest of the world and the whole world as a whole. Although generally you're dealing with individuals, not the whole world at the same time. It's also how you, how we deal with the world ourselves. Because the world's going to be doing stuff to us. Things are going to happen. Situations are going to happen. And how do we handle those? Because they are going to affect uh, how we interact with others and how we take it to others. I'll give you a personal example. Many years back... 
my sons told me I had an angry face and that I made them afraid to bring me anything. And this is the preteen years because I always looked like I was going to, they didn't use these words, I'll put mine in there, I'll bite their head off, that I was going to be angry and give them a hard time. I didn't feel angry. I was distracted. I was busy. I was focused on all the other things that I was trying to do. So just like the typical distracted and unfortunately typical distracted parent, I'd give them time. But in the back of my mind, there was something going on at work or some bill I had to pay or there was some activity that was coming up that I had to finish or mow the lawn before it rained. Something always that that didn't allow me to give them the total focus and was affecting how I appeared to them. That was my excuse. A few years back, I needed to get a new passport photo. And the woman taking the photo said, okay, you can't smile. You're not allowed to smile in a passport photo. It's got to be a neutral face. And by this time, we were beyond, you know, film cameras. It was a computer. Took a digital picture, and she showed me what it looked like. And I scared myself of how angry I looked what my mind said it was a neutral face. In order to get a neutral face on the outside, I had to think slightly happy thoughts on the inside just to get myself to neutral. What does someone interacting with me feel? Because remember, less than 15% of our communication is in the words we speak. Much of it is my tone, inflection, timing. But there's also a big piece in body language, and my face is a big part of the body language. If I look angry, you're going to consider that what I'm saying is coming from a place that I'm angry. So I've got to be peaceful and calm inside, and it's got to show outside of me to be clear with the communication that I offer to someone else. So let's make this a little interactive. Let's make this that it's not just me talking at you. Let's take a little bit of homework for you to go do. I said that as we feel about ourselves is what we will give to others. I'd like to offer an exercise that I picked up from reading You Can Heal Yourself by Louise Hay. And it's a very simple exercise and other self-help gurus may have offered it. But it is, stand in front of a mirror, look into your eyes in the mirror, and say, I love you. And then add your name at the end. So in my case, it's, I love you, Bill. I couldn't do it. I look away for the longest time. Then for those of you who go back to happy days, if you remember... Arthur Fonzarelli, the Fonz, couldn't say, I love you. It came out with, I love you, because he couldn't pronounce the words. That's what I did when I looked at myself. The real place that it should end up is looking into your own eyes in the same way that you look at your significant other, the the person that you love the most and you look into their eyes with all the energy and feeling that you have in your heart and say, I love you. 
Because if you can't love yourself, you can't be sharing good, healthy love with anyone else. And no, I'm not a psychologist. I'm just a practical person. And I've lived that. What I don't feel for myself is not real when I share it with someone else. And the same is true when they do it for me. So do that exercise and tell us how it goes in the comments. Write some comments on how that exercise worked. Comment on anything else that I said. Um, I will tell you that I couldn't do it because I have issues that I have to work through myself. And that's part of what this program is going to be is that some of, as I come up with them, I'll share what I'm going through and how I'm thinking about it. And you'll share what your thoughts are and we'll talk about them. So leave your notes and until next time, be well.